Well, welcome back, everyone, to the podcast Fringes of the Faith. If you remember, we are talking about the subject of UFOs and aliens. Are they in the Bible? Are they not? If you want to find out, stay tuned. If you had a chance to watch the first part of this episode, um, then you'll know exactly where we are. If you didn't, I encourage you to go back and, and watch that first part. So with me today is Senior Pastor Parky Coburn of Capstone Church. How are you today? Hello, Paul. How are you? I'm good. Well, good. That's great, man. Yeah. Well, I know that there was some concern uh, a little bit when we first started discussing what we were going to talk about on this podcast about UFOs and aliens. Um, and really, I guess the question that's out there would be why? Why are we spending any time on this in the first part i mentioned well because jesus said uh, in matthew 24 in the last days there's going to be a, a spirit of deception that comes across the whole planet and mm -hmm. now we don't know exactly what that is but he knows mm -hmm. yeah. um and there are some things that we do know and usually that's what we need to be focused on would you agree with that or? oh yeah uh, and you know jesus didn't tell us what type of deceptions were going to come he just said deceptions would come that's right and uh, you know just because this controversy or this topic, I should say, may seem controversial to some, we have to open ourselves up and realize that to some people, uh, this is really valid. This is really uh, something that they need to know an answer for. And, uh, and so, therefore, we want to talk about it today and look at it from a scriptural viewpoint. You know, you'd be amazed at how many people, uh, Christians, uh, believers that I've come across, that believe that UFOs are extraterrestrial physical beings from another galaxy and they have this technology to be able to travel, uh, you know, at light speed and great vast distances. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes they ask, you know, if that's true, I mean, what happens if there is this so-called governmental disclosure and they say, oh, yeah, you know, we've been interacting with these things. Um, what happens to our faith? Uh, over that and there, there's a lot of people out there that that have that question about well how how does this phenomenon especially right now it's back in the media uh the government is is about to release another report about uh, their investigations into these phenomena mm -hmm. and you know it's going to have a lot of people scratching their heads saying well, what where does this leave us in our faith and so you'd be amazed at how many people out that have asked me that that's why i felt it the Lord was saying, you know, let's let's just go ahead and talk about this. Let's get this out there on the table and get people focused on what we need to be focused on, um, which is the love of Christ mm -hmm. and his salvation and his redemption of us. Um, and so but it is worth talking about uh, from a spiritual aspect uh, of these things to just to make sure that we're all very clear about where we stand, no matter what happens. Yeah. See, that's uh, I like the way you put that. Uh, where we stand no matter what happens. You know, it's almost like we're standing on this precipice and we're afraid uh, of what might be revealed tomorrow or what might be coming tomorrow, thinking, oh my goodness, everything that I ever thought or knew has either changed dramatically or the bottom has just fallen out of it. And if we really and truly believe that the Bible is the Word of God, then what we have to to know and understand is no matter what is revealed in the future, it's not going to contradict the word. That's right. And uh, so, you know, we don't want people to be being afraid or scared 
are worried that some type of revelation that's going to come is going to completely dismantle their faith. And, and that's one of the reasons why we want to talk about this as well today. Amen. All right. So we left off, you know, I had, I had brother Stefano in here mm -hmm. talking about, you know, the kind of the history of UFOs and, and some of the scriptures that people have tried to use to justify that they exist in the Bible. And mm -hmm. so where we're going to pick this up is, you know, what are these entities? What are these things? Uh, who are they? Who are they? The they, who are they? And this question goes all the way back to Genesis 1, verse 1. And if you remember, that's in the beginning. Yeah, in the very beginning. God created. Yeah, God did something. Yes, God he did. created the heavens and the earth. Mm -hmm. And so if you, if you don't believe, yeah. if you don't believe in a creator God um, who created all things, then you'll continue to use your imagination to try to explain these unexplainable events. Yeah, so true. Mm -hmm. Because if you believe that God created the heavens and the earth, and you believe God created what's in the heavens, right. exactly, <laughs> or, or what's under the earth, or, or any of those uh, situations or circumstances, scenarios. And so uh, that's a whole another reason why uh, we don't need to be afraid. Uh, is there something undiscovered in the heavens? Well, of course there is. There's things out there that are vast and powerful and, and mighty. They may not be alien in the sense that we know what an alien, or we think we understand what an alien is. But uh, sure, there's mysteries out there and, and because God is a great big God. But if we believe that God has created everything, then we have to understand and realize it's not going to contradict anything that's in that word. Yeah, that's right. Um, and so for those of us that believe mm -hmm. uh, that God created all things, mm -hmm. that's really where it begins. But it's also where it ends, just like you said. Uh, if we believe that God created everything, then there's nothing that's going to be revealed that's going to contradict God's word. It's just not going to happen. So there's no reason for us to, to be worried about this stuff. And so no, we, we know now that God created the heavens and the earth. That means he created the spiritual dimension and the physical realm. Mm -hmm. okay? Exactly. And the physical realm is tangible for those who live in it. And the spiritual dimension is not usually visible, not usually visible uh, to the physical realm, but because we have a big God, and nothing is impossible for God. When he sends out his messengers, those messengers can sometimes materialize in the physical realm. They can manifest. And yeah. we have several instances of that in the Bible. Yeah, exactly. God, uh, for sure, he can open our eyes. He can touch our eyes so that we can see things in the spirit realm, which are otherwise not visible to us right. without mm -hmm. that enablement. Mm-hmm. And so God's creation in the spiritual dimension is unknown and it's really unfathomable to us in our finite thinking, right? Mm -hmm. God's ways are higher than mm -hmm. ours. How many times do we have to say that? Uh, his ways are not our ways. Yes. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And so the issue that we have as humans is that we try to comprehend it. We try to comprehend the unknown. And I think that's why it becomes so fascinating for people. This topic and other topics um, just be, are fascinating uh, because we're trying to comprehend what well, we want to know. We want to know. Well, you know, we talked about it in the, in, in the part one. We're not going to know everything. Mm -hmm. We're just not. Not in this physical realm. No, and I'll be the first one to admit that 
there are going to be things when we get to heaven one day, there are going to be things that are going to be known by us that are amazing and, and incredible and, and things that somehow worked together possibly that, uh, that we didn't even think about or know about in our, in our minds, but none of that's going to contradict what the Lord has told us in his word. And, you know, we do, Pastor Paul, I think I think you said something that's really important for all of us to understand is we have this desire to want to be able to explain everything, to to explain it, because explanation almost leads to control. Mm. Uh, it almost leads to control. And and so many people are not comfortable with unknowns. I like a little mystery. Uh, a lot of people don't, and I, I understand. Uh, maybe they came from chaotic backgrounds or their minds just like to be able to put everything together. But uh, I guarantee you, we're not going to know everything in this life. Uh, there are things that God has left the detail and the minutiae uh, unexplained mm -hmm. to us. Mm -hmm. And it's like you said earlier, Pastor Paul, what do we do with that? Well, what, are we, what we do with that is we focus. There's so many things that we do know in the Bible, and those are the things we focus on. That's right. So here's something that we do know in the Bible, that God has visited his creation in the past. Yes. Um, I believe that he continues to visit his creation and that he will do so even more so um, as we continue getting closer and closer to the imminent return of Jesus. So let's talk about, there's some instances in the Bible where messengers from the spiritual realm, angels as we call them, mm -hmm. visited um, us as, as humans, as mere mortal beings. So take, for instance, uh, the angel Gabriel in Luke chapter 1, um, verse 26. Now, Gabriel is sent to Nazareth specifically by God to talk to a little teenage girl named Mary. Yes. Right? Okay, so that's one instance. In Daniel chapter 10, we're told about a visitation from one of God's messengers, Gabriel again here, where uh, uh, Daniel describes him, Gabriel looking like, uh, like a, he had beryl. He looked like the mm -hmm. color beryl, mm -hmm. I guess a mineral, that beryl, uh, with a face like lightning and eyes burning like torches. Now, we've seen that description in other places yes, that's in right. the Bible as well. Genesis 19, verse 1 tells a story of two of God's messengers. They arrive at Sodom and Gomorrah. Or, you know, they they're talking to Abraham, and they, you know, uh, the Lord says, should we reveal what we're about to do to Sodom and Gomorrah? And so then there's this, you know, there is this um, interaction with the mm -hmm. spiritual realm. And then these same angels, these, these two messengers, they actually go to Sodom and Gomorrah, and they, and they, they have an encounter with Lot. Remember? Yes. Okay. Here's the interesting part about this this encounter is that Lot cooked a meal and it says they ate. So uh, from this, I guess we can surmise that the spirit the spiritual dimension possesses an ability to manifest itself in the physical realm to include the ability or at least the appearance of the ability to eat. Yeah. You know, in the physical realm. Yes. And, you know, we, we, we are so scientific in our thinking mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. Okay. Cause and effect. Mm 
cause and effect. And, and you have to be able to bring something down to where you can explain it, touch it, study it, quantify it. Well, uh, you know, remember, we're talking about God here. And God can do anything. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, you know, just because things look a certain way on our plane, this earth in which we live, doesn't mean they look that way or operate that way in heaven. Uh, there, there's probably a great amount of similarities, and I believe there are. But on the other side of the coin, there's differences. And uh, God's able to bring his messengers uh, into the earth they're able to to ride buses if they need to. They're mm-hmm. able to walk uh, they're, if they need to as part of their, their ministry and their message. They're able to eat. Right. And, you know, um, it talks about in the Bible, you never know. You may be entertaining angels. See, that gives us a clue mm-hmm. in the fact that angels could blend in among us mm-hmm. and and do things very similar to what we do. Right. In, in such a way that that we could our first look at them, we could say, well, they look so very similar mm-hmm. to, to humanity. Um, and so you're right. That's it's very easily done by God. And that's that's scriptural. Here's the other here's the other part of that is that God created the spiritual realm with these messengers that we know um, from the biblical record. Mm-hmm. And when he created the spiritual realm, there was not yet rebellion in the spiritual realm, but we haven't had the rebellion yet. Mm-hmm. Lucifer was still the covering, uh, the the reflection of God's glory. He was, you know, from all appearances, in charge of the angelic, you know, forces of, of heaven. So if he gave, you know, all of his spiritual creations autonomy. To be the ability to decide for themselves and, and not only just the ability to do that, but to manifest themselves, which it appears he has, then that goes across, that reaches across the entire spectrum of the spiritual realm, not just, not just angels and God's messengers per se, but also uh, malevolent uh, spiritual realm as well. Everything is created for a purpose mm-hmm. and is created to reflect God's glory uh, in its realm mm-hmm. and, and in, in its role. And, uh, you know, the Apostle Paul wrote uh, to the Corinthians, he said there is one kind of flesh that is that is celestial and one kind of flesh that is terrestrial. Yes. So it, it tells us that we sh- even though God can send messengers and come into this earth and take on a form that looks like a, hum- a human, that that doesn't mean that that's the way it happens all of the time as well, that there are, uh, there are also incredible beings that we read about in the Bible that are, that all carry the term ministering spirits Mm -hmm. or messengers Mm -hmm. that uh, uh, are created in such a way to fulfill their role and reflect God's glory. Right. And and so now let's think about this. So that's all fine and well, Pastor mm-hmm. Parky, and that's all fine and well, yeah. Pastor Paul. But what about the people out there who describe being abducted by gray, the grays, I guess they call them, or the reptilians, these alien creatures who take them aboard some kind of a, a craft and they conduct experiments on them and, 
you know, for the majority of those cases, I say, thank you, Hollywood. Um, <laughs> because really those, those kind of cases came about after, you know, the, the whole spread of UFOs, flying saucers, all that took wildfire. But with that said, there are instances in the Bible when encounters happen with these uh, malevolent spiritual creatures, the, these entities. There are instances for, here's one, um, 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 4 describes angels, messengers, spiritual entities who are currently in hell mm-hmm. awaiting the final judgment for their sin. Mm-hmm. Peter makes a comparison between these uh, malevolent angels with the sins of the pre-flood world and Sodom and Gomorrah. Mm-hmm. And so really we're, we're left to you know, speculate, I guess, that Peter is referring to perhaps the fallen angels um, that were deemed the yes. watchers in, right. in the first book of Enoch. And we don't know for sure, but it sure does line up with that. Yeah, you know, when you go back to Genesis chapter 6 and, and, and you begin to read uh, those very interesting, interesting scriptures in there um, that talk about the sons of God looked upon the daughters of men. Well, if that was just talking about men, why didn't it say men? saw women and they, they thought they were beautiful and they married any of them they, they wanted to. There was a, a, a description done there, I mm-hmm. believe, mm-hmm. to contrast, to contrast to show you that there was a difference between these two that wow. came together because mm-hmm. it says sons of God, daughters of men. So it's making a contrast between those who were heavenly and those who were of the earth and they came together. And, uh, uh, you know, you're, you're right in the, in the fact that, uh, uh, there are very interesting things in the word of God that are hard, uh, to understand. And, and if we're not careful, we can interject things in there that are not being said. Right. You understand? You, you know do, what yeah. I'm saying? I mean, reading between the lines and you may be reading the wrong between the lines you can interject in there into something that's not being said in there as well you know i told you what i looked at what i thought was being said but you have to be careful when you're interpreting scripture that you're not also interjecting something in there that's not there right the other way i look at that too and we talked about this in part one a mm-hmm. little bit as the benial hymn the sons of god why would there be a distinction made if I mean, what would be so abnormal about the sons of men marrying the daughters of men? Mm-hmm. Nothing. Right, exactly. It would not be worth mentioning. No, it, it, it wouldn't. Uh, and if it w- was mentioned, it, it wouldn't be mentioned in reference to uh, uh, the creation of, of something that was very, very different that had a dramatic effect upon the earth, like it talks about in, in uh, Genesis 6. Right, the Nephilim, mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. Why was it important to mention any of that if it were just men marrying women and having children? Yeah, exactly. So, anyway, so let's talk about some of the, uh, one of the most, um, uh, I guess, um, famous or infamous uh, incidents of a malevolent spirit uh, manifesting itself in the physical realm. You remember in, in Matthew, in chapter 4, Satan uh, goes 
to the desert to tempt Jesus. He's in the wilderness. Jesus mm-hmm. is in the wilderness. Yes. Here comes Satan, and he is there to tempt Jesus. Uh, he asks him about, you know, who are you? You really think you're the son of God? If you are, then, you know, do this or that. And he makes a proposition to Jesus and says, you know, bow down and worship me, and, and I'm going to give you all the kingdoms of the world. Mm-hmm. During this interaction, here's what's interesting to me is that Satan takes Jesus up on top of the temple, and then he takes him to the top of a very high mountain. And, and what this says is that it appears to me that Satan has the ability to um, have experiences. I'm not really going to say create experiences. He's not a creator. He's a mocker. But to, to I think you said to it. Present. To present. To present an experience with people uh, and, and with their minds. I think that, you know, the mind is the battlefield. Well, yes. And... That those are great examples, because um, Satan was able, in, in in some way, in this instance, to present a scenario to Jesus that required a real decision to be made, and the the consequences of such decision were were real mm-hmm. and, and very powerful. So. That brings up a, something I think that's very important in the talk about aliens and the possibility of there being aliens, and that is that Satan can present himself to us in many different forms. He's done that all throughout Scripture. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to be, here's the danger, guys out there, if you're going to be open to aliens and you say, I believe aliens exist, I think they do, then you know what? Satan may begin to present himself to you as in the form of an alien. And because you're susceptible to that, you, you believe in that. You think that that's real. And he doesn't, he doesn't care uh, about the, the source as much. He'll even use, he'll, he'll use uh, Christianity. He'll use religion. Bible tells us that, but but if you're going to believe in these type of things, it it could possibly open a door. It could it Definitely. could open a door for Satan to begin to present himself to you in some kind of form, and then begin to try to feed into your life and to distract you from the truth. I mean, and that's the grand deception, isn't it? I yeah, well, mean, isn't he the father of lies? Sure, sure, he is. And and like I said, to him, the tool. It doesn't matter. Right. Uh, he doesn't have any ethics or morality to worry about the tool. Deception is part of his game and who he is. The main thing is, is he just wants to get you to believe uh, in what he's trying to tell you to do. Mm-hmm. And so however he can do that, he will do it to, 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 make the, to, to try to deceive you. I agree completely. And so really that leads us down this path then that the only biblical conclusion that we can look to in an attempt to explain what these UFOs or these unidentified aerial phenomenon, this alien phenomenon that is that they are spiritual entities uh, with an ability to manifest themselves in the physical realm Mm -hmm. and they possess the ability to present experiences with humans. And I don't mean to gross anybody out out there, but 
as a pastor and as as people who who minister to others who have been who live life in this world there are many manifestations that satan has done mm-hmm. uh, there are women that say they've had sex with a spirit mm-hmm. and and please forgive me i but th- this is just real okay and so he will present himself to you uh and and present present an uh, an experience to you if he thinks that that will lead you down a pathway of bondage and deception right and those experiences can be very very real to the person that's experiencing them very real and i would say okay don't laugh at me everybody out there but i would say who's to say it wasn't real right in their mind it was real in the spirit yes it was real in the spirit so strongly that it seemed as if it manifested in the flesh to them. Mm-hmm. Same thing when Jesus went to the top of the to the top of the uh, temple. Mm-hmm. And are we so sure that somehow they didn't transport to the top of the temple? I mean, I'm not trying to blow anybody's religion out there, yeah. but. But the thing of that's neither here nor there. The main thing is, is these experiences can be can become extremely real because it had to have a reality to it. Jesus' experiences or the temptation was not real. That's right. The temptation wasn't real that's if good. the rea- if mm-hmm. the consequence wasn't mm-hmm. real. And so, therefore, uh, these things are very powerful in the life of people. And I guess what we're getting at is you you have to be very, very careful with the influences that you open yourself up to. And I think that's the whole basis for this discussion and this topic is is really um, this is a door that could be open into a spiritual realm that you really don't want to be a part of. Because, as Stefano said in part one, the majority of those who've been interviewed that have had these abduction-type encounters, these experiences, have all said they're negative. They have all said they've left them feeling very um, abused, very hurt, um, with psychological problems. Now, I mean, is that something that that you really want to open the door to? No, and see, the fruit brothers and sisters the fruit what type of fruit is this producing what we do know out of the word of god is that the lord has told us uh, in his word that there are evil spirits and there there is this the spirit kingdom of god and the evil spirit's motive is to come jesus said to steal kill and destroy Mm mm-hmm and so if you're interacting with some type of spirit being, some type of what is presenting itself as an alien, some type of spirit uh, or something that is uh, uh, feeding into your life and causing you to feel bound or, or causing you to, to feel like you're losing your free will or, or hurting you or damaging you or causing you nightmares or scaring you in some form or fashion. I'm telling you, that's not God. And, mm-hmm. and we need to, uh, you need to come to the place where you seriously seek God about that and, and, and get rid of those things out of your life. Amen. And you uh, may need help with that. If you do, call us yes. or call someone else. Uh, call your pastor or someone. Right. All right. That's good. Um, that's good advice. 
So now that we've talked about this topic from the biblical perspective, and hopefully if anyone is on the fence about these things, maybe we've helped them come to a decision about, you know, well, let's not worry about it. Let's, let's not worry about who these, who these things are, what they are. Let's worry about what we're here on this earth to do, which is to spread the gospel. <laughs> That's yeah. our commission. It's not to gaze up at the stars and, and wonder, you know, if there's life that exists beyond our planet. That's not our job. Our job is to focus on the life that does exist on this planet. And every human being is a soul that needs to be saved. Well, I think that discovery in and of itself is not necessarily wrong. I also think that we need to... Uh, to realize that just as you said, especially you guys that are believers, unbelievers, I mean, they're going to, to approach things with, with a certain amount of bias. They're going to uh, approach things differently than a believer. But as, but as a believer, uh, we have this innate in uh, knowing in us put there by the Holy spirit that God is love and he is working all things out for his, for the good of his children and for the glory of the Lord. And it doesn't say, uh, the Great Commission doesn't say go into all the world and look for aliens. That's right. Yeah. Uh, the Great Commission says go into all the world and preach the gospel, glorify God, live for him. And so that's what our focus needs to be on. Yes. Well said. So here we are, once again, um, UFOs are unidentified aerial phenomenon or unidentified submerged objects, I think USOs is what they call them, are back in the news, they're back in the media, they're, mm -hmm. they're back into the, the eyes of us as humans. Sightings right now are already at an all-time high, and since we have cell phone cameras and the internet, these sightings are documented like continuously. And, and so the governments of the world can no longer deny the existence of this phenomenon. And they're not now. Now they're coming out and they're saying, well, yeah, we have seen these interactions. So we can't deny their existence either. But what we can do is use our knowledge mm -hmm. of the Bible, especially what the Bible says is going to happen in the future and explain what these objects really are. And so you may be asking, well, okay, so what are they exactly? Well, Here's what they are exactly. They are interdimensional entities created by God with an ability to travel between our physical dimension and the spiritual dimension. Now, whether they're good, they're messengers of, of God, like Gabriel or Michael, mm -hmm. that's awesome. Um, but they could also be malevolent. Uh, Satan has often um, disguised himself, like you said earlier. He can disguise himself as an angel of light. Mm -hmm. And we know that he is actually... Uh, the father of darkness, really. Um, and they can, you know, the, these malevolent entities can take any form that they choose as well. Mm -hmm. And so we've got to really be careful about how much, um, how much we, how much stock we put into all this stuff. And we, we've said it before, and, and I think we need to continue to drive the message home is, is Who cares? I mean, really, I hate to say, I hate to be like that, but I mean, yes, there are some things happening out there, but if you have Jesus as your savior, you have nothing, nothing to be afraid of because we've been given power and authority over all of these malevolent spiritual entities. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it doesn't take you a, a ton of study in the Bible to realize that, that human beings given insight into the spiritual realm can see things that are, that are mysterious to them and that are hard to explain. And uh, it doesn't mean they're aliens or any of those other things. It, it just means that they're, they're different. Uh, their primary place of, of, of their primary abode, they were created for another, another place, mm-hmm. another reality mm-hmm. or another, or another purpose by God. Right. And so uh, it's fun. Oh man, it's fun to talk about the pre-flood world. What was that like? What were mm. giants? What was it? it? That's a lot of fun. I love doing that as well. But at some point in time, I have to step back from the unknowns and I have to say, God, what have you called me to do? Mm-hmm. And that's what our focus needs to be on. Absolutely. And so let's let's um, let's leave it with this. Let, let's remember the words of Paul in. In Ephesians chapter 6, 12 through 17, he says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you've done everything to stand, stand firm. Then with the belt of truth. What is the belt of truth? The gospel. Mm-hmm. Jesus is the truth. With his truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, being in right standing with God, that's mm-hmm. where our focus needs to be, to be in right standing with God. And with our feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. When you have the gospel, you've got peace. So no matter what's going on out here, mm-hmm. uh, it, whether it's in the physical realm or the spiritual realm or whatever, ghosts, goblins, whatever you want to call it, just know that if you've got the gospel, you've got peace, no reason to fear. And in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith. That faith, now you, you talk about faith, that means there are unknowns. There are mysteries of God. And we, and we have faith that his plans and his purposes are perfect. That's right. And you know what I'm saying? Yes. So, yeah. So when we take up the shield of faith and with which... You can extinguish all of the flaming arrows of the evil one. That talks about the battle that occurs in the mind. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I would say one last thing, Pastor Paul, uh, and I've experienced this myself and most people have. Satan's attacks against you don't have to be rational. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just have to work. Good. Okay. They don't have to be rational. They they just have to work. You could be afraid of, of a scenario, Satan could present a scenario to you and you could be afraid of, of something that has a, almost zero chance of happening, mm-hmm. maybe or no chance of happening whatsoever. The key is, is what is he trying to accomplish in your life? It doesn't have to be rational. All he has to try to get you to do is believe it. And when you believe it, then that opens a door for him to cut off the fruit of the spirit in your life and begin to plant fear, doubt, and insecurity into you. Divide and conquer, mm-hmm. basically. Okay, well, I'm so thankful 
that you joined us for this topic. I know this is, is kind of yeah. a strange topic to talk about. Yeah, well, but. you didn't tell me you were wearing a hat. I would have worn a hat. Well, it's a black hat, and I figured oh, you know, okay. I was going to be talking about black ops and, oh, okay. and you know right. UFO hunting and those kind of things. This is what they always wear. So I thought, hey, I want to I want to blend in. Yeah, not well, really. Though. Well, you know, Pastor Paul and I, we really hope you enjoy these discussions and these. And these studies, uh, if you have any further questions about anything we've talked about, uh, we'd love to hear from you. And we're looking forward to seeing you again real soon. Yeah, that's all for now. Stay in the word, stay alert, and be not deceived. That's right. God bless you.